Hey guys, it's James Chester here. You're listening to the Gather Round the Lamp podcast by underagaslitlamp.com. Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast. And instead it goes to Hello villains and welcome to another episode of Gather Round the Lamp, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by underagaslitlamp.com. The Unai Emery crazy train rolled into Burnley on Sunday before rolling out again with the three points to complete an emphatic week for the team. So we'll be talking that through before taking a brief look at the close of the transfer window this Friday. I'm your host, and once again, second week running, it's Regan. Hello, Regan. How are you? Hello, hello. I'm I'm very well, thank you. Um, you know, you said the Unai Emery crazy train rolled into Burnley and rolled back out again, but that wasn't without uh, a couple of what I presume were bricks thrown at it on the on the way out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm good. Good three points for Villa uh, this weekend. So you know, you can't complain, can you? No, absolutely. And obviously. It's worth making mention of that, isn't it? That um, you know, the, obviously the the Villa team bus was was attacked um, on its way back out of Burnley, um, a couple of miles, I think, from Turf Moor. Um, so the police are obviously doing their investigations, and it's 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 just not a it's just that unpleasant side of of, of football um, again. Of course, you know we we should mention, of course, that Villa were sort of the um the perpetrators of a similar thing to a, a derby a derby fan fan coach weren't they um outside Wembley uh, before the player final a few years ago so you know it's you know we're not we're not without blame so we're not we're not going to um you know get all high and mighty about it but you know I do think uh, it's worth mentioning and obviously it's just it's just the horrible side of the game isn't it Regan yeah absolutely um, you know, it's it's an unnecessary part of the game, and there's always going to be those kind of people that that do kind of get themselves involved with those things. Um, but you know, Burnley were very quick to kind of make a statement and try and stamp things out. Um, but yeah, we may be playing Burnley bingo this season with uh, how many statements they can make. It's already uh, two in two games, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But um, you know, like I say, good good that they're coming coming out and condemning that that type of thing um but yeah we obviously um before the the Burnley game um Villa were were at uh Ibernian last week in the in the first leg of the conference league playoff uh where they were absolutely victorious it was a very comfortable 5-0 win and I'd encourage you to uh to, to listeners to go go and check out uh, gather around again on YouTube um, and the podcast version as well, because obviously Craig, our colleague, has uh, started his his YouTube channel, and it's 
it's it's in the early days getting set up, but it looks great, and um, it, you know he's worked hard on it, and uh, you know he he went solo after the game and and did a bit of a roundup of that game. It's worth worth going and having a listen. Um, so encourage you to to do that, and obviously he'll be back on hopefully with a guest uh, this week after the um, after the Hibs uh, return match. Um, so, so that's worth looking out for as well um, after the, after the match on on Thursday night. Um, but to the Burnley game, and um, obviously, you know, a little bit of uh, uh, talk around the team. Martinez had had gone off in the in the Hibernian match um, at half time, being replaced by uh, Robin Olsen. Um, Olsen continued to deputise for Martinez um, at, at Burnley. Um, we also had Diego Carlos starting his first game in a, in a year. Um, in the back four, first Premier League game, I should say, in the back four alongside Pau Torres. Conza switched to right back and Matty Cash uh, pushed forward into into a wide midfield position. New signing uh, Nicolo Zaniolo was on the bench. Um, thoughts on the on the team selection? It was um, it was a uh, an interesting one, certainly, and obviously we'll talk about how it played out as we go as we go on. But um, you know, good to see Carlos there, and obviously a bit worried to see Olsen there as well. Yeah, I think um, I think with with Robin Olsen especially, there's there's always that kind of collective nervousness when whenever he's mentioned, um, and I think you know. W- it, it impacts the player evidently, especially when we're at home. That you can you can kind of feel that nervous tension in the crowd, um, and I'm sure the the away end at Burnley was probably feeling very similar. Um, you know, whenever the the ball's kind of passed back to Olsen in any game, there's always that kind of um, communal kind of inhalation where everyone kind of winces, and you know, you you kind of really don't expect what's 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 going to happen next whereas you know with martinez it's a bit more safe and secure um but you know i don't think that necessarily helps olsen um by any means he, you know he's an international level goalkeeper um he he's played in you know some some outstanding competitions in the past and i think I think, you know, at the start of the season, we had Emery come out and say, you know, he's our second choice. He's a, he's an experienced season goalkeeper. Um, and I think fans kind of need to get used to seeing him because we're probably going to see him a fair bit this season. Um, but I, I'm, I'm glad that Olsen was involved rather than risking Martinez. Um, you know, he didn't really have much to do against Hibernian, and that's fine. Um, but, you know, rather than rather than risk Martinez and you know he's he's kind of that rough and tumble goalkeeper where he likes to get involved as we saw against Everton you know he practically fractured uh, Calvert-Lewin's cheekbone not not on purpose of course but I think that you know Olsen did fine he's, he's a fine deputy um and you know, that's exactly what he is he's not necessarily going to be involved all too much and if it means that Martinez gets a bit of a break then that's fine um Carlos, I th- I, I, he always kind of has me on edge a little bit, a bit like Olsen. Um, but I just feel like one swift movement and he's going to cripple himself for the season again. However, he, I, he did showcase a lot of his 
his actual uh, speed and ability in that kind of area against Burnley. They've got some quite rapid wingers and, and wide players. And he was, you know, racing back to, to kind of get there and, and really quite in, in, in quite an impressive fashion. I think um, it allowed us to see Concer in that defensive right-back role that we've kind of been pining for for so long. Um, and Concer didn't really put a foot wrong. Uh, I, I don't know whether it was the Villa account or, or one of the Stato accounts, but I saw that like in terms of his defensive performance, it was at like 100%. Like There was genuinely nothing wrong that Concer did. And, you know, you, you've seen um, perhaps not, unbiased pundits but the likes of Alan McAnally coming out and saying that he, he does deserve an England call up and, and I think a lot of the Villa fan base would agree but um, his involvement in that defensive role allowed us to to see cash in in the Philogene role uh, I know when the the team was announced we were very much kind of debating in, in, in our WhatsApp group whether it was a back three with two wing backs or whether we were seeing cash in in the the role that uh, Jaden Philogian Bades was doing so well in pre-season and you know as we saw that the cash is he's much more accustomed to playing in that particular role obviously he played there at Nottingham Forest and he's done what uh, Emery has, has asked of him incredibly well obviously to 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 perfection some might say in 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 looking at the game um but yeah, it was it was great, um, and it's obviously perhaps one of the reasons why we might see uh, Jaden leaving the club this summer. Other than that, Zaniolo on the bench, I think it was the right place to to start him. Bringing him on for a kind of cameo for his debut was probably the right idea. I think. Yeah, absolutely, and just just kind of just kind of touching on on Matty Cash, you know, um, I think obviously his his performance spoke for itself um, on the day. I think we've seen him in that sort of right midfield role, that kind of right of the box midfield um, position on a couple of occasions. And I I think he's looked a bit lost at times um, in the past. And I wasn't sure, you know, I mean, this is the thing now we, we, we look at Emery, don't we? We look at we look at these um, these team selections like we have in the past, and and we uh, you know there's always that that sort of reflex, isn't there, to sort of complain about get on social media and complain about the team selection before the game, but we can't really now. We just have to kind of sit back and wait and see see what uh, Emery's got up his sleeve for each game, really, and certainly in terms of Matty Cash. He had a huge um, plan up his sleeve, and it, like you said, it was it was played to perfection. Um, you know, first of all, very early in the game, you know he's 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 got his first goal, bursting into the box. I think Watkins has been sort of put in. I think by by McGinn. I think um, his first touch or second touch was was a little bit heavy, and it's meant that he's had to kind of kind of square the ball I'm sure he would have liked to have gone and had a shot but he's had to square the ball and, and Cash has burst in at the back post and and had the easiest of finishes I mean it was a superb um, move really it worked worked really well even if it was a, you know looked like a bit of a heavy touch from Watkins yeah I mean we've seen we've seen Matty Cash um, kind of 
delay those bursts into the box when he's playing at right back. He kind of sits on the edge of the box and maybe has a has a pop at goal if the ball comes to him. But, you know, this time around he's playing with a bit more freedom. He's playing a bit higher up the pitch. And I think uh, it, it obviously it obviously worked. I know um, after the game there was a cash interview and he kind of almost... almost named Unai Emery as like Mystic Meg. Um, he was saying like, he, he keeps saying these things are going to happen in the games and they ha- they happen. Uh, so I, I presume <laughs> that like uh, Emery came to, to Matty Cash at the at the start of the, the week and said, right, this, this, this game I'm going to play you at right mid and you're going to score. And uh, obviously you did and, and now Matty Cash <laughs> is somewhat of a believer. But uh, yeah, it was a great move between... Uh, Watkins and, and Cash and I think like you said Watkins he's he's first or second touch let him down and he he was wise enough and and smart enough to to kind of play that ball across the box rather than taking it on himself um I think that James Trafford you know he's only young but I, I feel like he was a bit naive in uh kind of how he attacked the ball as Watkins was going for it. I think he came too far off his line and kind of just left the entirety of his his goal free for, for Villa players to attack. Uh, I think he'd have probably been better served staying at his near post and kind of kind of trying to scramble across uh, and stopping any kind of attempts from Cash. But, you know, uh, I'm not a Burnley fan and I'm very grateful that he did what he did. <laughs> yeah, I think with, with Watkins... Um, it kind of reminded me because, like you said, I mean, I I focused on the heavy touch, but like you said, it was a, a magnificent piece of improvisation, really, and to have the the wherewithal and and to know where know that someone was would have been sort of coming in at the back post, um, it was you know it was really really good. Um, it reminded me a little bit of his goal at Leicester, where he just got a toe on it at the last second. Do you know what I mean? He just kind of, yeah. just as you thought the the opportunity had gone, he just nipped a toe on it and you know and did what what he needed to do. And this is the thing with Watkins now; he is just going for everything, isn't it? He, he's he's you know always after those those little marginal gains for the for the team as much as himself. And uh, you know. <laughs> Just, just the level of of his game. I know he's not scored in the Premier League yet this season, but I just think the level of his game is 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 just night and, night and day compared to this time last year. I think he kind of takes a bit of time to get to get up and running in the league as well. Obviously, we saw what he could do in in Europe this past week, and we also saw what he could do. Um, in pre-season and, and obviously like you know he's been at the club for what three years now we're, we're well versed in Ollie Watkins but um I, I'm pretty sure when Emery came in he, he had he still had like a little bit of a barren spell right at the start where he was you know getting assists but couldn't quite nail down scoring himself uh but yeah I'm sure it's coming uh, maybe not in in the next game uh the next Premier League game but we could we could see Watkins uh Getting back to his old Premier League form pretty soon, I yeah, think. Let's hope so. But again, it was uh, it was Matty Cash to make it two nil. Um, not long, not long later, about twenty minutes in, um, and this was a this was just a wonderful team goal, wasn't it? It was, I think they said nineteen passes um, throughout throughout the pitch, really, uh, more or less everyone involved. Um, 
and in the end, a lovely bit of bit of link up with uh, with Musa Diaby, um, and and a really good it's a one two and a really good sort of right foot finish uh, past Trafford um, in the Burnley goal. Um, it was it obviously a lot was said about it. it was Matt, Matt Cash's hundredth uh, game for for Villa, and he's he's really marked it in in almost the best way. It would have been nice for him to get the hat trick, but to to put his team two 0 up at, after after twenty minutes was um, I, I, he couldn't have dreamed that that would happen. Um, and it, but it was just a great team goal, wasn't it, Regan? Yeah, I think I think we're well drilled, especially especially in the attacking instances. I think uh, it might take a little bit longer defensively, just because of the the issues we've faced early on this season with injuries. But we've seen Bailey doing it for McGinn. We've seen Diaby doing it for Cash. We're, we're kind of really focusing and honing in on these cutbacks. Uh, from from the near the near post into like a central position, and it always seems that someone knows to be there. You know, it was McGinn against um, it was McGinn. You know, a couple of weeks ago, and 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 Cash this time, and it's obviously working. There will come a time where teams are, are better suited to defend against it, but I think you know, like while it's working, why not carry on? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it was a great sort of first half performance. I don't think I don't think Burnley threatened too much. I think the game plan, I think Matt, Matt, Matty Cash referred to this after the game as well, you know, was to was to let Burnley have a lot of the ball. They were obviously pushed up very, very high. They play with a you know a very high line, much like Villa do at home. And uh you know Villa's Villa's aim was to to obviously win the ball back and hit them on the transition, which which I think they 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 did very successfully. Um, and it was you know first half was was kind of all Villa's really, but second half um, you know maybe a few question marks in 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 the defence. So we talked about Robin Olsen um, and uh, and um, Carlos, and obviously there are going to be some some uh teething problems i think without tyrone mings for for a little while um we're seeing this formation of the the back two the the two central defenders with carlos and, and torres we're starting to see that um that now more both look very comfortable on the ball as you'd expect um obviously differing sort of physical attributes and defending styles and you've got Esri Konza, who's kind of a a mix of the both, I think. Um, but Torres was, I thought, magic, majestic in possession um, with with his progressive plays, uh, etc. You know, but but then he, he the the other side of his game is he he, he seems to get um, you know a bit sort of flat footed for the Burnley goal. You know, perhaps muscled out of it a little bit too easily. Um, and and uh, you know ends ends up in the net. Um, you know what did you had? What was your reading of the, the you know the Burnley goal and and just the defence in general? How do you think that partnership is going to going to work over time? Yeah, I think I think starting with the the Burnley goal, I think it was probably a little bit of naivety from from Torres, uh, and like you said, he gets caught a bit a bit flat footed. I think you know if he's got thirty. 40 games under his belt in the Premier League he, he's probably not conceding that goal um, but we we will have teething problems this this season and it will be because the two 
the two centre back pairing um, of of Carlos and Torres that we saw against Burnley have very limited Premier League experience, uh, and there will be times, you know, like we saw almost against Newcastle. Although we we can kind of give the the side the benefit of the doubt because of you know, everything that was going on in that game, uh, there will be times that we may kind of walk away from a game a bit embarrassed and think, you know, wow, we've spent, you know just shy of 70 million on these two defenders and and we look awful but i think for the most part they're they're obviously defenders with some pedigree they look very assured on the ball they look like both of them like rolls royce defenders um i think they're both adept at, at playing kind of the long ball playing the diagonal and i think you know, we've seen we've seen Conser and Mings play like that in in the past couple of years, but I think there's just like a silkiness, there's like an added silkiness mm. with with Torres and, and and Carlos. I don't know whether it's that European touch that you know they've been playing in Spain, or whether it's because they're they're so well drilled from from all their experience and and all the different managerial kind of uh, mixing pots that they've been involved in. I think. We've seen good parts of both of them. Uh, we've seen a, a bit of a bad part with, with Torres. But I think f- for the most part, they're two very, very excellent defenders. And, I, you know, we can't complain. I think we've probably got one of the, the better centre-back partnerships in, in the in the Premier League at the moment, despite the fact that Minx is injured. Yeah, I think that is... I think it shows... It kind of shows the progress that Konza and Mings have made in the last year as well. Um, in that we're, we're looking at because because if if I'd have asked you two or three years ago, you know, would you like Pau Torres and Diego Carlos to be our defenders? I think you'd have probably taken my arm off for it, um, or you know, certainly as a as a fan base, we would have we would have wanted that. Mm. Um, but I think it's testament to the progress that that Konza and Mings made as a partnership and how solid they were and how. How how they adapted to Emery's system, that we're kind of looking at we're looking at Carlos and Torres, and we're a little bit unsure at times, you know, thinking, oh, you know, do we miss Mings? Whereas two years ago, we'd have we'd have we'd have absolutely wanted, or some people certainly would have wanted Torres instead of Mings and Carlos instead of Conza. You know, it, it would have been a a bit of a no brainer. Uh, whether we just get seduced by the um, the European names um, to some degree, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think that would have been the case. And you know, now we're we're we've got this, you know, like like we say, defensive partnership that's full of pedigree, international experience, Champions League experience. You know, it's um, it's great, and I hope we hope we we give it a bit of time. I'm sure it'll be. I mean, you know, already I think we are seeing the benefit of it. But I also think that, you know, we talk about physicality and we talk about being able to defend, you know, and be strong at the back. But I think in Emery's system, the idea is that we don't need that those attributes quite so much. The last-ditch defending and the, you know, the needing to be, you know, you know, strong with, you know, with with kind of big attackers, you know, it, it, it's not it's not necessary in the type of football we're playing, really. I don't know what you think about that. 
Yeah, I think, you know, you, you'll see, um, let's say Italy in, in the Euros as an example. I think they had um, Benucci and, oh, his name escapes me, but... Yes, I was going to say. I hope I remembered it because he's one of like the the better defenders of his generation. Um, you know, they were both. I think they're both over the age of thirty five um, during that tournament, and they they ended up winning the whole thing. Um, and you know, certain leagues are, are different. You know, you, you can have some defenders playing until they're just shy of forty um, because. I think I think the 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 championships probably one of those leagues. Look at John Terry when he came to us. He'd lost his legs. He had no pace, but he had the experience. Phil Yagelka is getting his second uh, podcast mentioned in as many weeks. He was just shy of forty, if not forty, playing for Stoke last season in the championship. Because at that level, you can you can kind of use your knowledge and your know-how and your, and your prowess and and you would not need those kind of skills like strength or like speed. Um, luckily, I think, you know, Carlos is, is kind of uh, strong where Torres is not and vice versa. They almost complement each other a bit like Mings and Conza do. But when you add the fact that we've got Conza still involved in that defensive setup, I think it it adds that added dynamism, but also kind of that grounded nature that we we do need. We're not kind of throwing in a, a whole new defence together in the space of one summer. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But um, you know, I'm sure we'll see how it how it develops over the over the the, the coming weeks. Would you like to see this this partnership stay together, or do you think? Konza might might move back inside. You know, will there be another one through the door? Maybe. Um, well, we've we've been linked with a couple of defenders in this last week, but I'm sure we'll get onto that in a in yeah. a couple of minutes. Um, but I don't know. I don't see. I know a lot of fans have been clamouring for a right back, and I don't see it happening. Uh, I think if I think we'll we'll see our defence evolve again and again and again throughout the season. Mm. We're going to see uh, concert right back. We'll probably see Chambers at right back. We'll see Pau Torres at left back. We might even see Diego at left back. Um, and I think, it'll, you know, a lot of a lot of our play last season was about having Alex Moreno darting down that left-hand side. And Digne has been an excellent deputy at doing that while Moreno's been injured. Um but there's there's going to be times where where that's too obvious of a play to make, and um, a team may set up to to counter that. Uh, I'm sure many teams will look at an Emery side and go, "Oh yeah, he prefers to build up down the left and whatnot." And having concert out wide um, gives us that opportunity to build up in in that way but we can also move Pau to the the left hand side and concert centrally and play with Matty Cash as a, like the the attacking right back um whose defensive kind of tasks are, are a bit more limited um yeah so I don't see I don't see a right back coming in I think for the most part we'll play with concert Torres 
Diego and Moreno when he's back. But I think it's gonna it's gonna evolve and change throughout the season, and we're we're gonna utilize uh, I think all of our defensive ability uh, in terms of the playing stuff anyway in the next uh, in the next twelve months. Yeah, that's it, and we'll certainly see see how it goes. But um, at the other end of the field, there are far less less problems seemingly. Um, obviously, Burnley had a had a really good spell after they scored in the game, um, but Villa pretty quickly killed them off with a with an excellent break. It was an incisive, um, characteristic turn and break forward by John McGinn, who then played in Luca Dean. Um, and he picked out uh, Diaby in the in the middle to finish with a, a, a first time shot into the corner. Lo- lovely finish, really, um, with his left foot. Um, Watkins and Zaniolo also had missed big chances. Zaniolo sort of came on for that cameo that we were we were talking about, and probably should have squared it really um, in in that instance. Um, but it's it's twelve goals in in the three games last week. Um, it's a really really good response to the opening day five one defeat at Newcastle. Um, and Emery seems to be really maximising his his attacking options at the moment. Um, but in terms of Diaby, I mean, how have you rated his impact so far this season? Um, and also a, a quick word perhaps for for Zaniolo's sub appearance. Anything to be. Um, enthused by in that in that in that regard uh i think you know drb has been excellent there's there's no other way to 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 say it really he's been he's been an incredible sign and you know he looked great in pre-season he's looked great so far in in the premier league and in um and in the game against Hibernian. i think <laughs> I think it, it's interesting because he's he's such a diminutive player, and I don't think many people expected him to play in that role alongside Watkins. But then you think back to last year, and you think that Buendia played a lot of games there. That actually Diaby's very well suited to it, and I think I read something the other day, and it was it was basically saying that that. I mean, you can't really read too much into it because there's no way that PSG and Leverkusen will have will have made the same mistakes. But they're they're basically saying that he's he's not he's not a wide player. Um, I think what the what the piece was trying to say was that his his skill set and his kind of ability to just burst past his man and and things like that are more suited to that kind of second striker role where he can play off someone else very closely kind of entwined with another player he's he has been excellent in that role and i'm sure there will be times where uh, emery will, will will do a bit of tinkering and we'll see him out on the left or we'll see him out on the right um or you know he'll bring a sub on and we'll see do i move but yeah he's been he's been great so far um before before I mention Zaniolo, you you mentioned McGinn. McGinn is we 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 wax lyrical about him last podcast, but he is just something else at the moment. Like every he he has the mildest touch. Like everything he's doing is just turning to gold. Uh, I can't put him at fault for anything in his last two appearances, last three appearances. Maybe a bit quiet against Hibbs. Um, understandably so. Being I think he was just hiding, club. wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, but you know, I think 
every time McGinn does something, I kind of like sit there like I've just had a, a feast delivered in front of me, rubbing my hands together, going, like, oh, wow, McGinn, that was incredible. Um, but yeah, hopefully, hopefully he can keep it up. He's, he, I think he's back uh, firmly amongst... Uh, everyone's favourite players uh, following his his uh, struggles under Gerard, But uh, yeah, Zaniolo, he looked interesting. I think he was desperate to kind of get off the mark really early on. Um, <laughs> had that really early chance where he could have squared it to Watkins and opted for goal instead. Uh, I think he probably took a few too many touches. Um Probably could have taken his shot earlier and maybe would have fared better for it. But um, I'm I'm happy that he's eager to make a good impression. I'm happy that he's he's eager to kind of get his Premier League career started really quickly. He looked he looked all right. Um, very very snazzy, very stylish. Uh, that no look pass that he played to Matty Cash, who who, who could have buried a a third past Trafford, but. Yeah, I think uh, I think we'll probably see him start again in the second leg against Hibs, and maybe he'll get his uh, he's 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 opening Villa a goal in front of the whole ten. Maybe I think he's actually um, he's, he wasn't actually registered in time for the time. Oh yeah, you're right. So that's unfortunate. He, we won't get to see him because he could have had a field day. I think he looks. I mean, he he looks like a uh, he looks like he's going to be a lot of fun, doesn't he? Um, he's got that that sort of arrogance about him and yeah. in a nice way, you know, you know, he's got a, a bit of a, a smile and a, you know, and, and a twinkle in his eye, I suppose you, you could say. And he's, he's just going to be, I think a lot of fun. Hopefully he can, he can stay fit. Um, and if he does, I think he's going to be an absolutely brilliant option. I mean, how he might dovetail with Diaby will be interesting, you know, because they might have to interchange a little bit. Um, in those positions, but you know what? A, what an option to have! You know, re- really, really great. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you've just ruined all the daydreams I've been having of Zaniolo opening his account against Tibbs. <laughs> but uh... we'll have to wait till Liverpool on Sunday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that'd um, be even better. But yeah, you, you know, the, the, you, if you're looking for for two very different players for the same kind of role, you couldn't get. <laughs> any further from each other could you I think Diaby's maybe like 5 foot 5 and Saniolo 6 foot 3 um, but yeah it, you know what a player to be able to bring off the bench I know he's had his troubles over the last couple of years but yeah he he, he looks like he I mean you know I might be might be jumping the gun here but he looks like he was made to be a Villa player <laughs> he just has that kind of like glow about him when he's on the pitch like I remember seeing him even just tracking back early on uh, he wasn't really doing anything he was just like you know in in Villa's own half and I was just like yeah you look like you were made to wear that shirt yeah well let's hope so and let's hope uh, he has a good season and we can uh, maybe sign him permanently if he's that if he's that good you know finally get a you know a, 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 a top quality number 10 but it's early days let's um let's let, let's hold off on, on on too much expectation uh with that just just a quick word for Luca Dean as well because he's um he's obviously been heavily linked with a move away um but he's having a an absolute tremendous run inside and I know you did a you did a piece about him uh, last week as well, or this week, um, 
you know, so I mean, he just seems to be be a, a player reborn this season. It's it's been really interesting to watch, Dean. Yeah, um, it's it's been one of those kind of another one of those resurgences under Emery. I think he played a you know a fair bit last season, despite the fact that Moreno came in. Um, but, you know, fans were kind of happy to to let him go, and then he's had an okay preseason. Uh, struggled at times against Newcastle but you know in his last three appearances he's been he's been incredible and then that's that's so that's just so the nature of football isn't it you you kind of sit there and you you'll have one opinion of a player and then within three three appearances you you've completely changed your mind on him <laughs> um i think the, it, it's so it's such a jarring position that Digne has put like the the thoughtful fan in that he is like the perfect the perfect backup for Moreno. I think Moreno's starter every day of the week. Dean's the, the the perfect backup, but he's just so expensive and he's just such a luxury to be that backup that it it just doesn't make sense no matter how well he's been playing. Um, but I think probably at this point we're, we're resigned to the fact that he's going to be here at least another six months. Um, and, you know, I, I don't want to say that too kind of despairingly because at the moment that that's a positive thing, really. Well, it is, and we don't know as well how, how Moreno is going to be when he comes back. He's had a hamstring operation. Um we know that hamstring injuries can curtail players, um, players' sort of pace, speed off the mark, and that's something that that Moreno is a big. It's a big part of his game. It's not the only part of his game, but he is lightning quick, isn't he? So, um, you know, we have to wait and see how he comes back, and you know, it's it's a it's a really good position to be in to be able to play either one of them or or maybe both of them. So. You know, we have to, we have to, you know, we need the squad, don't we? And, you know, we need to be able to, to, to rotate a little bit, I think. I know, I know Emery hasn't done that yet in his villa, in his time at Villa, and he hasn't done it yet this season, but I think he's going to need to um, over the course of this season. And how great to have two, you know, two top class attacking left backs. And although what I appreciate what people say about, Dean and you know being a backup on his wages, but the wages are you know the contracts you know taken account of already. You know it's 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 there, isn't it? If he was to go, they 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 would get someone to replace him. But you know, as far as the finances are concerned, it's it's taken care of, isn't it? At the moment, so um, you know, I'm just you know, I, it, my position was. If we get a, a reasonable, a, you know, a good replacement for Dean or for any player, really, it's fine if they go. Um, but the fact he's playing like he is, I'm delighted if he doesn't, you know, because he's 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 been excellent this season. Yeah, I think I think you're right, and you, we can't complain because he set up what four or five goals in the last two or three games. <laughs> Um, so uh, long may 
Luca's reign continue? Uh, and by Luca's reign, I mean the the balls he's pelting into the box. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah. So uh, more of that at uh, at Anfield on Sunday, hopefully. Um, but we'll get on to the the transfer window. Obviously, um, it shuts this Friday, uh, Friday the the first of September. I think is it eleven o'clock UK time. I think it's it, it, yeah, the uh, the window closes. Um, we've seen a, a, a few outgoings. Um, Aaron Ramsey and, and Cameron Archer, most notably, have have sealed their Premier League moves. Cameron, uh, sorry, uh, Ramsey actually played for Burnley. Came on for Burnley against Villa on Sunday, which must have been um, a strange experience for him. Um, Archer's gone to Sheffield United and we've got, I think, around 14 million for Ramsey and 18 million for Archer. So that's that seems like very, very good business. Um, Philogene, who you mentioned earlier, is expected to complete a move to Hull City fairly soon. And Philip Coutinho has apparently agreed to join um, Qatari club Al Dehail, um, although we're not sure whether that's been agreed with just agreed by him or whether that's been agreed by by the club as well and of course he is injured um at the moment too um like i said before there was some some links um for luca dean going to uh, nice on loan but that seems to have 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 gone quiet now um what do you make of these these outgoings particularly i think the the academy players leaving um you know, with their with their buyback back clauses, of course, um, is this good business or a bit short sighted? I think it's good business. Um, it's an interesting one in regards to Europe because I think we're we're required to register. I think four academy players or home homegrown players. Yeah. Uh, obviously, Jacob can can be be one of those. Um, we saw Josh Feeney on the bench against Hibernian. Um, I'm sure Philip Marshall probably one of those as well, as uh, as we're aware, Emery loves to name two goalkeepers on the subs bench. But um, Revan as well, I think. Yes, yes, Revan was there as well. Um, so we, you know, we may see a couple of players that we we expected to leave on loan stick around just for that kind of um, European journey. Maybe they will get a bit of game time, but I doubt it. Um, with with Ramsey and Archer and and Philogene Bedace, I think I don't want to say it's short sighted because Emery's come out and said, you know, that they want to play, we want them to play, and the best way for for them to get what they want and we want is to go permanently. Uh, because they are that club's asset then. You know what I mean? We've seen so many times where we've loaned out a player and they've they've had 10 appearances across the season and those 10 appearances have been great, but they're not nothing to judge a player on. We could be sat here at the end of the season and Aaron Ramsey could have had an incredible uh, season at Burnley or Cameron Archer could have scored all the goals to, to keep Sheffield United up and... We could turn around and go. Actually, you know what? Cameron Archer scored ten goals in the Premier League at twenty-one or however old he, however old he is, and we go. Okay, we'll we'll buy him back for however much the the pre-agreed amount was. Um, I think 
Philogene's a bit of an odd one um, because obviously we were we were so excited by him during preseason, but apparently it's the same kind of position where he wants regular game time. Um, I, I think I think it's smart business. We're we're not kind of cutting ourselves. Um, kind of cut we're not cutting us cutting it off at the root kind of thing we're we're allowing the players to go and flourish and we can we can bring them back if they do and i think that's the best possibility um and you know they, they may flourish and we may not bring them back look at uh like lavia douglas louise man city um both those players you would argue have flourished away from manchester city but both times man city opted not to bring them back via the clauses. So um, it'll be an interesting one for sure, but it's best for their careers. I don't know if it's best for us, but it at least opens up a bit more room to manoeuvre in the transfer market. Yeah, I think I think you're right with all of that, to be honest. And I know it is a bit jarring when these young players that, that we've invested so much in and we have great hopes for as well kind of go off to to other places. But... I think we have to be realistic and I think when you get to a certain level um, in the Premier League as well and you're playing in Europe, young players that are coming through have to be, you know, absolutely sort of blindingly obvious team selections. You know, they have to be, um, you know, it takes, I think it takes a young player from an academy a lot longer to win the trust of supporters and probably the manager and coaches as well, um, than it does for a new signing. Like new signings come in and we're immediately excited, you know, but someone like Jacob Ramsey, for example, I, you know, I wonder whether, I wonder how many, if you, if, if, if you picked, a, if, if all the Villa fans picked their first 11, if everyone was fit, how many would pick Jacob Ramsey in that team? Some would, but, you know, I think, you know, most people would would pick Buendia or most people would pick, obviously, Watkins and McGinn and people like that. But they wouldn't necessarily pick the young player, even though he's outperformed a lot of those players. So I think I think there's a bit of a, a thing with that as well. It seems to take... A, take it's harder for a player to, to come from through from an academy and establish themselves in the team unless they're really special, um, like Grealish was. I think it's good for them to take this kind of alternate alternative route and it's not on loan. So they're not, you know, they can properly invest themselves in the team that they've gone to. The fans can properly invest in them as well because they're their player, you know, but there is that option there. If, if they are absolutely, they do prove to be absolutely brilliant. You know, yeah, we, can, I- we can genuinely bring them back, you know. Yeah, and I think it says a lot about the academy as well. Um, we've, we, it's not like we've kind of let these players go and they've they've gone to Stockport or something like that. You know, with two of our academy players or two of our academy prospects have gone to Premier League sides, and the other one's going to uh, a Hull City side that look like they're on a bit of a resurgence. They've you know spent a fair bit of money. Uh, they're looking at potentially bringing Keenan Davis in as well. Um, from us, which is a little bit more pocket change for for Monchi to spend, but you know it's 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 good that we're kind of seeing this fruition from 
the academy in recent years. Obviously, we saw the sale of Grealish, which was um, <laughs> at, at like a long-term invest academy investment. You know, he was it was out of the academy by nearly ten years by the time he went to Man City. Um, but with with you know Ramsey and Archer. And, and Bidace, we're kind of seeing the the initial groundwork that was put in place um, to improve the academy um, start to bear fruit. Chuck Wameka is another, another one as well. Um, and, you know, we've made, what, like nearly £160 million in pure profit across the last couple of seasons. And that is exactly what, you know, we want to see. It could be the case that... Um, I think I saw that Norwich... Or I might be making that up. It might even be a Premier League side. I can't remember. But we're, we're interested in Kerr Smith, who we brought down um, across the border just mm. a year and a half ago, I think. Yeah. Um, and then there's Rory Wilson as well that we, we, we signed from Rangers. We could be seeing these investments where we spent like 500000 um on on players to fill our academy and... Then four or five years down the line, when they're actually kind of turning 20, 21, we're, we're turning around and saying, okay, you want this player, that's 15 million, that's 20 million. Like, that Lewis Hall, who's barely tied his shoelaces for Chelsea, has just gone to Newcastle. Like, You know what I mean? It, it's, it's a crazy, crazy world in terms of the football transfer market at the moment. And I think we're well positioned to make the most of that. Yeah, well, hopefully, and hopefully it'll work out. And obviously, we wish um, Cameron Archer and and Philogene and uh, Aaron Ramsey all the best in their uh, in their future careers. You know, they've been uh, excellent servants up to this point at Aston Villa um, in that in the academy. So, um, I wish them all the best. Um, in terms of in incomings, it's it's relatively quiet. Um, there was a link today for Barcelona defender Clement Longley. Um, who was on loan at, at Tottenham last season? Um, obviously, fans keen to bring in a, a a striker or forward to kind of take the pressure off Watkins a little bit. Um, but we're we're not really seeing any firm links so far. I don't I don't think from what I can tell. Um, I mean, in terms of what 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 you think, Regan? What where would where do you think the club need to strengthen, if anywhere, before? Before Friday, bearing in mind we've got players to come back from injury as well. So, um, it's an it's a, it's a hard one. I think um, I don't think we need Longley. And if if I remember correctly, he didn't really do much at Spurs last season. He's one of those players that if you'd have said, "Oh, you know, Villa returning coming Longley." three or four years ago a lot of people you know especially your FIFA and your football manager players would have turned around and gone oh my god like how Villa pulled that one off um but you know he's he's kind of fallen out of favor at Barcelona he's he's come to the Premier League and not really set the the world alight um and I don't see why we'd need him realistically in terms of incomings, I think the obvious one is a a natural backup that isn't John Duran for, for, for Watkins. But I think, you know, we have to be wary of um, squad registration. I think what we can name a 25-man squad. Um, so I don't know. 
I'll, I'll ask you your opinion, and while I ask you your opinion, I'm going to have a look at our squad and see how many of those players make it into a 25-man squad, um, and then I'll come back to you at home, which we can actually do. Yeah, I think I think for me, I've always, and we talked about Olsen earlier, but I would feel better if we had um, a goalkeeper um, who who was perhaps a little bit more adept with, with their feet, um, as as a reserve to, to Martinez, um, but I don't think that's obviously going to happen, is it? I think he's Emery has 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 firmly backed Olsen, which I like to see. You know, I'd, I'd much rather see that. You know, because ultimately he's got to rely on him at some point. So, um, you know, hopefully that has a has a positive effect. Emery's had a positive effect on most of the Villa players since he came in. So. There's no reason why he can't do a similar thing with Olsen. Um, and I think, in all honesty, a, a striker would be um, would be what what I would what I would like to see. Maybe we've got Duran there. He's sort of a, a younger prospect. Um, maybe an older head. You know, someone who's someone in Europe who's a bit a bit grizzled and you know will come in but won't mind necessarily being a rotation option. Um, and will help take the pressure off Ollie Watkins a little bit, you know, and hit someone who, if he did have to start games or a series of games, you'd feel okay about it, really. I mean, I think Duran would be okay. I think he would be. I think he would. I think he would step up. I think he's got the ability, and a run in the side might do him the world of good. Um, but I think fr- from a the point of view of things being a, a bit less. Of, Risky, I think, you know, a um, a relatively kind of experienced centre forward would be um, would be a, a positive thing, you know, someone in the Libor Kozak mould, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I think I agree with you. Not so much on the Libor Kozak mould because I think he played like seventeen times with us across about seven years. So. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I've just looked at the squad and I think I was overinflating how many players we've got. Um I've I've not included uh Jed and Philogene in this. I've not included Buendia or Mings because obviously they're out for the season. But I think collectively we've got less than twenty players um that we could we can register. Um so then we'll probably like register the likes of um Timmy Rogbenham, if he stays around, um, maybe some of the... But, I mean, I, I'm pre- I'm fairly sure that players under a certain age don't need to be registered anyway. No, they don't. So, yeah, we've got... We could end up registering Courtney Hawes. Who knows? Uh, well, <laughs> but yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. We're, in a, we're in actually decent position in terms of the squad. So maybe I was uh, panicking a little bit prematurely there. But, yeah, I absolutely agree with you in terms of bringing in potentially an older head um shout out to 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 craig obviously regular contributors to the podcast but a player in the mold of the of rodrigo who's just i think gone off to qatar um from from leeds that kind of player um and someone that emery would probably work very well with like a an older spanish player um mm. i may be over inflating a number of things in this podcast, but someone like uh, Borja Iglesias, I think, who, who currently plays for Bessis. I'm not sure how old he is, but I believe he's he's over 30. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm going to end up Googling this at the end of this, and he's probably going to be like 28, and I'm going to feel awful. <laughs> but um, 
you know, someone someone in that mould. Uh, an Olivier Giroud that we were linked to, you know, two or three years ago. A player of that ilk, I think, would yeah. be perfect. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of. You think of Giroud and, or Dzeko, who's obviously gone to Turkey. You know, probably not someone of that level, but someone who's been around the block and who who would come in and, and, and be able to do a job and be able to do what, what was asked of him when he, when when was needed really, but wouldn't necessarily be too too concerned about about um being on the bench or playing in the cups or or that sort of thing. But then if they did need a run in the team it, it would it would be okay sort of thing. So yeah we'll wait and see. I've I've just had this feeling all summer that they've got something up their sleeve for the last couple of days, and uh, there's nothing. There's there doesn't seem like there's any any whisperings or any anything uh, at this stage. So and we're, we're Tuesday now, so we're we're kind of three days out really. And normally we've heard something if there is something going on by now, but um, I, don't, I don't know. We'll we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I have just googled Borja Glazius's age, and he is thirty. So I have overinflated <laughs> his age just a little bit. Um, but you know, yeah, we've not heard anything yet. But things do come out in the blue. Remember, remember another Borja, uh, Mister Baston himself. <laughs> um, you know, maybe we could bring him back. How old? How old's good old Borja Baston? I <laughs> But I think you know, like he didn't last long. <laughs> he's thirty-one, so he's older than Iglesias. Uh, but you know, a player in that kind of mould, maybe uh, just hopefully a little bit better than than uh, than Baston. Well, he couldn't get near the team when we were terrible, so uh, you know, I don't know what he'd be like now. He's um, in the Spanish second division, so that tells you a lot of it. Yeah, yeah, I did have this little in the summer when when they did that interview with Benteke. Um, when they were over in Washington, <laughs> and I thought that would be maybe not the perfect thing, but that would be a really good um, kind of nice um, story uh, if he was to come just for a season, come and just be be back up to Watkins because I'm sure he could still do a job in the Premier League. But Ooh, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. <laughs> maybe I'm pushing it a bit. Maybe I'm I pushing think. It a bit. <laughs> <laughs> I think I read something in the Athletic uh, a couple of months ago when uh, so I think someone was saying that he like he still got the striker's instinct, but his body's just not not what it was. And I yeah. think uh, yeah, in, my, in the Premier League, he may look like he's running through mud a little bit. <laughs> well, we 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 won't get to find out. I don't think so, uh, unless there are any massive surprises. Um, but moving on to the weekend, obviously. Um, you know, obviously, everyone go and check out uh, Gather Round again after the Hibs game, like I say, on Thursday night. But we'll we'll look ahead to Liverpool, um, and uh, it's another huge away test for for Villa. Um, and they'll be hoping for a big improvement on the on the Newcastle showing f- a few weeks ago. Um, Liverpool, of course, pulled off an incredible victory at Newcastle um, from a goal and a player down for much of the game on on Sunday, uh, winning two one. Um, they are without Van Dijk, who was sent off, and I think Canate as well is out. Um, not sure about actually, but I, th- I think I heard that. Um, and continued question marks over their midfield, which is obviously very new this season. I think Slobbersly and uh, McAllister are taking a little bit of time to settle. Um, obviously good players, though. But it's their attack, which is absolutely razor sharp and 
can win any match for them, uh, really. Um, what do you see the approach being for Villa um, this Sunday? And uh, can they go one better than the 1-1 draw at Anfield in May? I think I think one thing you can kind of count on a new Emery side to do is, is have a good showing against one of the kind of traditional big six teams. Um, we may see a quite pragmatic, slow defensive approach, but... I think I think it'll it'll depend on the look of the draw really, and I know that's such a kind of a wet answer, uh, <laughs> but it's one of those games I can see us absolutely coming away with it with three points, but I can also see us kind of um, maybe it's the the age old kind of well I don't know what I was about to say that maybe it's being a Villa fan is what I mean yeah. you know we're very used to kind of like like con- goals conceded and kind of getting our hopes up only to be knocked back down um, I, I don't know if they can go one better than the 1-1 draw at Anfield in May I think maybe they they match that result Um I think it's fair, but maybe that's just me being cautious. As I said we draw against Burnley, and and look what happened there. Yeah, it's gonna. It's, I mean, it's obviously going to be a tricky game, and it's huge for the defence, isn't it? They've got so many potential match winners. I mean, they, they you know, the, the the substitute performance from from Nunes at, at Newcastle was just scintillating, and. Obviously, Diaz and Jota and, and Mo Salah, if he's still at the club, of course, um, they, they're just they're just they're just incredible. Gakpo, of course, as well. You know, they've just got options coming out of their ears, haven't they? And it's the rest of the team, I think, and they can be got at. And I think if we can create chances and 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 convert our chances, you know, that's going to be the, the 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 answer, really. Um, but they can win it, win games out of nowhere with their their front players, and that's the test. And you know, it's a it's going to be a huge test for the back four, um, particularly if they're going to play a high line because the pace of that Liverpool front front line is 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 frightening. So um, tricky one, like you say, it's it's one of them where it could be really tight and Villa could nick it, or or it could be six nil to Liverpool. You know, it's um, <laughs> it's it's a real kind of uh, potential swing there, but um, what what are you saying? What's your what's your prediction? My heart saying a, a bore draw, nil nil. But um, after all that, my he- <laughs> yeah, my head's my head's a bit smarter than my heart. So uh, only just the um, <laughs> I think I think it could be a quite a high scoring game. Uh, I think. Our defence isn't necessarily settled, and I think that their defence is, is, is going to be on the rocks a little bit. You know, missing Van Dijk and, and potentially Canate. Um, Trent is he's not really a great defender anyway. Um, I'm going to say three all draw. Oh blimey, three all. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know with this one. I'm a bit in two minds. I'm going to. I tend to predict Villa to win, but I think I'm going to go for a two-two as well. Um, a, a, a reasonably high-scoring draw, and I'd be more than happy with that as well. By the way, I think you know, any time you go to Anfield and and get a point, it's a it's a good point. Even last season when we were winning, I think until um, 
until injury time when they equalised. Um, you know, it was still a, an excellent point and, you know, meant we got into Europe in the end. So, um, yeah, we'll go We'll go with that and we're both going for draws and I think that would be a good way to round off um, before the, uh, the the European, um, before the, sorry, the international uh, week, uh, fortnight. Um, great. So, like I say, again, um, I think that's all we've we've got time for. But like I say, head over to uh, to YouTube on Thursday night after the game and uh, check out Gather Round again, which will be which will be on there, um, and it will be on all your um, usual podcast platforms as well uh, later in the week. Um, and head to underagaslitlamp.com as well for all the latest articles. Like I say, Regan's recent one. Um, about Luca Dean is on there. Um, excellent read, and there's there's been some good stuff there recently. So if you haven't been there to check that out, then then give that a look, um, and give us a uh, a follow on all the social media uh, platforms as well. Um, we're on them all, including Threads, as I'll keep saying, and um, <laughs> and uh, obviously if you're going to the games this week, it should be it should be a nice evening at Villa Park on Thursday for the, the Hibernian game. I think we should get through that one, Regan. Um, oh, I'm not too sure, you know. <laughs> let's hope so. I think and, it'll uh, be quite empty at Villa Park, I think. <laughs> it might It might be, actually. But I, I'm I'm looking forward to uh, to being back on a European night at Villa Park for that. And obviously, if, uh, if, if you're all going to, for the fans going to Liverpool, make lots of noise and hopefully bring back at least a point, but hopefully hopefully three points um and we'll be back next week to um to review all that and 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 look ahead to the well rather blank international break and maybe react to a couple of transfers as well um but until then stay safe and up the villa